Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Estás en Toronto Well Fantasy. Instructions on, on how to use Javante Williams in this letter? Yes, Nathaniel. Okay, I'll read them. Dear Nathaniel Hackett, Vic here. First off, good luck as the head coach of the Denver Broncos and good luck with Elway, that son of a Here are the instructions on how to use Javante Williams. Uh, don't overfeed him. He can only handle so much. Only give him half the work. He can only break 31 tackles per season. So if he gets out of hand early, make sure you dial him back. You don't want him breaking that 31 mark. Okay. Uh, Javante Williams is one of the best running backs in the NFL, but you can't let people know it. Melvin Gordon was pretty good last year, so you have to play Melvin. Okay, pretty simple. Good luck. Oh, and one more thing. If you end up getting fired, which is really likely at the end of this season, make sure you pass this note down so the next guy doesn't use Javante. We can't have him used. Live from the FantasyFootballShow.com studios, it's the Fantasy Football Show. Live! Monday through Friday, 7 p.m. Eastern. Welcome to yet another edition of the Fantasy Football Show. I'm your man, Smitty. We're breaking down fantasy football bus candidates. We're going to take phone calls. We're going to answer voice messages. And we're going to get right into the news. From the FantasyFootballShow.com news desk, here is your breaking news. So we've got two reports that are kind of floating around news wires right now. Uh, two reports that have pretty big fantasy football impact because ADPs are kind of high for, for, for two of these, these, these two guys on, on screen right here. First of all, let's start off with the J.K. Dobbins report. So J.K. Dobbins, there's been numerous reports talking about how J.K. Dobbins may or may not be ready for week one. He might be behind schedule. This isn't the first time we've heard it. Now, granted, some of these reports have come actually come from, uh, from Ian Rappaport himself. Uh, and, and this guy, J.K. Dobbins, finally claps back, which, good for him if he's completely healthy. You know, I, I'm fine with a, a player standing up for him, themselves, and I, I'm actually proud of J.K. here. But here's what the report says. And, and I, I, I know J.K. is going to be optimistic, but I'm going to probably lean on the side of Rappaport, and you're going you're gonna to probably wonder why. But J.K. Dobbins tweeted, I might not even go on the PUP because of how good my rehab is going and I'm damn sure going to be ready for week one. Responding to Ian Rappaport saying earlier that he is no sure bet J.K. Dobbins to be ready for week one. Look, J.K. Dobbins may or may not be ready for week one. J.K. Dobbins may or may not go on the PUP and then be ready for week one. We don't really know. Obviously, if, if, if he ends up starting the season on the PUP, he's going to miss an extended period of time and then come back. But, but J.K. Dobbins is 100% a no-go for me near his ADP. If in Gus the Bus too, they're both recovering from from season-ending injuries. This is a situation I'm avoiding entirely. This Baltimore running back stable is completely littered with injury. Tyler Batty the rookie is the only guy I'm going to go near whatsoever. JK Dobbins is a complete avoid. 
If he was going in like the sixth round or something, I'd be on board. But sometimes this guy goes in the third, fourth, and, and sometimes he falls into the fifth. His ADP is kind of all over the place. It started out in round three, four. Now it's pushing back to about four or five. This report probably shoves it back into round four. It's just too early. When you got guys like Brees Hall, you got quarterbacks like Joseph Burrow, Joseph Cigar Smoking Burrow, sitting there in round five and round six, why would you go near a J.K. Dobbins when you can get safer players to, to, to put on your roster in 2022? ACL injuries are a tough thing to come back from. We can't keep using, we cannot keep using Adrian Peterson. We can't look at a running back coming back from an ACL tear. On top of the fact that J.K. Dobbins also reportedly had meniscus surgery. So he has a torn meniscus or had a torn meniscus. And those are tricky because they tend to sometimes not go away. They tend to sometimes lead to a further tear. Think of it like when you're when you're tearing your finger skin on your nail. And you're like, you peel it back and you got a little bit of a tear going. And you're like, son of a... Son of a B, what was I thinking? Now it burns, right? Your finger burns. And now you've got this like ripped piece of skin. And it just keeps catching. It keeps ripping. That's kind of like what a meniscus tear is in a way. It's the padding in between the knee joint. Where's my knee model? Where's my knee model? This is the meniscus, okay? In between the two knee joints. It's like padding. And when you tear it, it continue, you got to cut it, you got to cut it, and it tends to have issues. You also have, if you think about it like brake pads, if you were to cut off a, a corner of your brake pad, do you think your car would settle and sit the same way? Every time you tear into this meniscus, you're not getting it back. It's less padding for the knee. Sometimes the knee will then kind of angle inward uh, a little more at this, this, this trajectory right here. And a lot of times when you cut away at the meniscus, it creates an imbalance that leads to more future knee issues. This, this isn't a thing where you just cut the knee meniscus and you're fine. And you just go on your merry way. Meniscus is a really bad thing to tear. So if it is true that he has torn meniscus on top of the ACL recovery, he might have some swelling and different things that emerge once he gets deeper into his recovery process starts taking hits, all that. And you can bet that he's not playing any preseason games. You can bet that he's not, you know, going to take any hits or do anything very violent right now. He's just going to try and get his knee right, his balance right, his explosion back. And it takes a whole year, a whole calendar year for running backs to get back to form because they they work differently than a wide receiver. Uh, wide receivers can play almost a little smarter with an ACL recovery. Look at Cooper Cup and his return his first year back. Receivers have it a little bit better. Quarterbacks have it even better. Running backs have to explode and absorb impact that they don't control, whereas wide receivers may get hit and not control every scenario and every situation and every impact, but they have more control. Running backs have almost no control of where their body's going, what 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 way they're going to plant and put uh, pressure and angles on their knees, get hit in the knees with a helmet. This guy is going to have a longer road to recover than people expect. Stop going near torn ACL recovery players coming off of torn ACLs that don't look maybe ready for week one. Even if he's ready, err on the side of caution like you should have did with Barkley. Your boy Smitty said stay away from Barkley. Don't go near him at all because the writing was on the wall that we didn't have enough information. When you don't have enough information, granted he clapped back. We've got a little information 
We kind of got to trust him that maybe things aren't bad, right? But he doesn't even know where he's at. This is not this is not where he knows where he's at until he gets there. When you tear your ACL, you think you know where you're headed. You think you know how your body's going to respond when you're getting hit and on the field. So I'm not saying Rappaport was right. I'm not saying J.K. Dobbins is wrong. I'm merely here to tell you that this shouldn't make you get excited and go, Oh, J.K., back in the third or fourth round. Take a Brees Hall every single time. Take a Joe Burrow. Go early quarterback. Oh, you can't go, Smitty. But, Smitty, the quarterbacks are so deep. Why would I go early quarterback when I just I could just get a Dak or a Brady down deep later on in the draft downstream? It's true. You could do that. And I like that approach. When I see a Brees Hall sitting there in round four, I'll go Brees Hall and I'll keep kicking the quarterback issue down the road. And if I solve it with a Russell Wilson, I solve it with a Trey Lance, so be it. I love Trey Lance. I love Jalen Hurts. I love owning Russell Wilson. I'm fine with those approaches. But when you are in Snipe City, and in Snipe City, you only have J.K. Dobbins there, I'd rather take my chances on a Tony Pollard down way a little bit as my running back. Truly, I would. Or an A.J. Dillon and get my quarterback on point. Why go J.K. and Russell when you can go Herbert or Joseph Burrow and then grab the running back that you like that could almost rival J.K. If not, be better than J.K. because maybe J.K. doesn't even play week one. So that's one avoid running back. Now on to the other avoid running back. We're going to jump from one to the other. This guy right here, Lenny, playoff Lenny, is not showing up in playoff form. This report by PFF, and, and I trust PFF enough to say that there's there's legs to this. No pun intended. And I'm not trying to say that that adding, like, look, I got a couple LBs I need to drop. I'm not trying to belittle anybody's weight or, or you know, body shame Leonard Fournette or anything. But he is a professional. He's held to a certain standard. There's a, there's a predictive analysis that's going on as to what he's got to do with his weight and body type and shape and all that and do a certain job. So this is not me ripping on Leonard Fournette for gaining weight or anything. Your boy Smitty's got to drop about 12 LBs and I'm going to do it. Believe in me. Believe in me, I'm going to do it, okay? It's, do- it's almost done. I'm doing it. By, let's say, kickoff of the season, I'm going to be a, a thin... 201 and, and ripped right now there's it's just there's nothing there there's no definition it's not it's not fat there's just no definition i'm gonna be ripped i'm gonna be ripped okay kick off of week one it's done leonard fournette join me i welcome you leonard fournette join me in this journey this guy shows up at 260 260 lbs we have a lot of people that have been telling me that this guy's getting in better shape. Some of these photos are old. That could be true. That could be true. He might be way, way down from the 260 at this point. Leonard Fournette weighed almost 260 pounds at mandatory minicamp. That was a while ago, okay? We've seen photos where he looks a little trimmed down. I don't know how trimmed down. You know, there's a lot of sorcery involved in camera angles when you're taking photos. In the last photo I saw where he looked pretty thin, it was one of those high shots. It was one of those high numbers. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Where it's like, <laughs> swipe left or right. It was a high angle. Okay? You have people, you had Leonard Fournette believers swiping. 
They were going right. They were like, this man is ready to go. But we don't know. We don't know what he really looks like. We don't know what kind of shape he's in. All I know is when you're his age and you keep showing up at a weight that you got to trim down, it, it puts your body, it stresses your body out to the max. It puts you in a more likely position to get hurt when you're older and you keep showing up and taxing your body and making yourself try and get in shape. You're dropping footballs. You come in overweight. They draft a, a guy that can pull in passes in Rashad White. They draft a kid named Rashad White out of Arizona State University where Smitty went to school twice. I went to school twice there. And this kid, let me tell you something. I've seen this kid play. He is he is one of, if not the best, hands we've seen come out of college in the last decade. Him and ETN, I think, are the two best receiving running backs to come out of college in quite some time. You could throw Najee and a couple other people in that conversation. But Rashad White has that Alvin Kamara 2.0 written all over him. And you can say, Leonard's you know, got the trust of Tom Brady. Leonard's going to be the guy. Um, I like Leonard Fournette, Smitty. You're too hard on him. He's already dropped the weight. It's excuse after excuse. You're coming to me playing defense. You're coming to me saying, Smitty, let me play defense and tell you what he solved. Okay, he's no longer this weight. Okay, he caught passes today. Everything is defense. This guy, Rashad White, came and he said, I'm playing offense. He said, I'm here to start. To the moon. Rashad White to the moon. He said, I'm here to start. This man walked in. Rashad White said, I'm here to start. To the moon. And I believe him. I believe him. And I also hear from a number of people that I I truly trust that are connected to this Tampa Bay situation and organization and to people very close to the situation and I heard from several birdies here's the source game right I heard from a source well you know what trust who you want okay because I I trust this source to have pretty good information they didn't tell me anything locked and loaded nothing concrete but they did tell me that Tom Brady wanted to solve his concerns of running backs catching footballs And he told me this the year they brought in Giovanni Bernard to solve the the, the concerns he had. They didn't get solved. Leonard Fournette comes in dropping footballs and comes in at 260 pounds. You think think Tom Brady feels ultra confident that the solution they drafted for Tom Brady's concern entering the 2022 NFL Draft to get competent pass catchers in there to revamp that situation in terms of running backs catching the football and giving Tom Brady that 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 pass catching running back he's been wanting to line up behind him and catch footballs on a regular and consistent and solid basis. Do you do you think that coming in 260 pounds dropping footballs early on in camp is a recipe for this man right here to hold off a hungry and motivated Rashad White. Rashad White is a monster. He's, he's taller than Kamara. He's bigger than Kamara. He reminds me of Kamara. Just a bigger, taller version. I'm extremely, extremely excited about Rashad White's season. And I really, really believe that if the cards fall a certain way for this guy, he gets the right hand dealt to him at the right time, Rashad White. And I think it's very possible with this man, Leonard Fournette, as the only player in his way. A disappointment-prone player. 
from back in Jacksonville where he literally had one of the best years of his career and they got rid of him because he was such a problem. He was such a locker room problem. He was such a problem off the field. He was a disappointment. And, he, and I, I'm not trying to be ultra critical of him as a human being. I'm not here to do that. I'm sorry, Leonard, if this comes off the wrong way. I doubt he ever sees this. But if he did, Leonard, I'm sorry. Okay? The way this is coming off. But you've been disappointing, and I can't trust you from a fantasy football perspective. I'm putting my trust in Rashad White. It's Rashad White season. Let's go. Absolutely here for it. I'm absolutely here for it. It is Rashad White season. And he might get an emoji here real shortly. We got uh, Josh in the building says Rashad White to the moon. Uh, we got, we've got we uh, got Blackbeard in the house. We got Jeb. Appreciate all you guys falling in. And uh, you know that's that's really it for the news today. We're gonna we're gonna hit the phone calls now. It's voicemail time. Drop a voicemail at the Fantasy Football Show on the gram. Tell your grandma. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna get to this rock out with a super chat. You guys gotta forgive me for some reason my system isn't loading some of the comments. Let me see if they're coming in now. Uh. It looks like they maybe are coming in now. I, I see Rock out with a super chat. Appreciate that. I see a couple super chats here. I'm gonna have to read them. I don't know that I can grab them on screen for some reason. Things aren't aren't loading properly here. Uh, family home with COVID. Oh, Michael K. CPA. Uh, Miss CPA is holding things together. Really mild symptoms. Not what we expected. Awesome community. Michael K. We appreciate you. Get better, young man. We don't want you uh, out too long. We need you back here. Uh, we got another super from Rock Out. Uh, first of all, thank you for that there, Michael KCPA. Thanks for the super chat. Giddy up. Appreciate you, buddy boy. Uh, and now we go to Rock Out. Rock Out says, rate this team. CMC, Javante. Let me see if I can screenshot this because I can't I can't grab it on screen. I don't know what's going on with my system here. All right, so let me, let me grab this bad boy, drop it on screen, and there we go. Rock out with the super. Thank you, Rock out. Rate this team. CMC, Javante, AJ Brown, ETM, McLaurin, St. Brown, Hurts, Fryermuth, Gage, Pierce, Jamison Williams, Dotson. I mean, really good, bro. Uh, I, I mean, wide receivers, you got McLaurin and AJ Brown. You got a, you got a, almost a second round wide receiver, but, but we'll call him a top of the third. You got a, another third rounder in McLaurin. You've got another third rounder in ETN. You've got, a, in my opinion, a six round talent in St. Brown. You've got a sixth or seventh round quarterback. You've got uh, arguably, in my opinion, a top five running back in Javante and at least per start a top five running back in McCaffrey. I can't guarantee he'll stay healthy, but I mean, rock out. You robbed your grandma in this league, your cousin, your Uncle Bud, your Uncle your uncle Bill, your uh, fantasy Karen. You got everybody pretty good in this draft, bro. I hope you got the entry fees up front because some people are bailing in this league. Nice work, rock out. Appreciate you for the super kind Thanks sir. for the super check. Appreciate you. Uh, 19 vari- variants are like a mild cold now, said Prime. Okay. Okay. Uh, not touching J.K. Dobbins, says Carrick. Appreciate you, Carrick. Let's get to the voice messages, and, uh, it looks like the voicemail group number one doesn't have anything waiting for me, which is quite shocking, to be honest. Um... I know I had some other ones that were waiting for me. Kevin's got one for me. 
My favorite one was the uh, when you use the microphone and you were like, Nathaniel Hackett, you can only use Javante half time. Half time. You cannot play him more than half time. No more. Sweetie. Did you not know that? No more than half time, Nathaniel. He comes, Javante comes with instructions. You can play him half time and that's it. Once he gets the 31 broken tackles, he shuts down, auto shutdown. <laughs> I love how people just think, like, this is a new, Nathaniel Hackett, new coach coming in, and he's just going to use Melvin and Javante the exact same way. Two coaches in a row are going to say, this is quite arguably the best running back in the league. You can laugh at that all you want. If you don't think Javante is arguably the number one running back in the NFL, then you see him differently. I don't even know what you're doing here, to be honest, because that's how my mind thinks. I honestly feel like Javante is going to explode no matter what anybody does, okay? That's how I feel. Maybe I'm overly optimistic. That's okay. But that's how I feel. End of the case. I'm the judge and jury and executioner on this show, and I say Javante's going to the moon the moon enough said uh what's this right here this is from the last time this old thing here somebody was doing this team and i, I never got to complete it kevin hey what's up smitty it's that time for uh leagues to start up dynasty and uh redraft why don't you break down some warning signs for uh the people of what leagues not to join like what are early warning signs you would give people of leagues not to join I mean, you mean like you don't want to join a league where people are going to screw you? I would say if you're doing any kind of like long-term dynasty league, if that's what you're asking, I, I would only join leagues where, you know, you get some kind of entry fee up front for the next year because people will trade all their draft picks. If you can trade more than one year of draft picks, that league has a higher likelihood of crumbling. You know, the best place to play, bro, I'm just going to be honest with you, is to go on over to underdog fantasy link in the description and i'm going to drop the link in the in the live chat and pin it real quick but this is where i think you should go play right now good man because you can play all kinds of uh uh best ball you can do the puppy drafts they're five dollars to do the puppy drafts bro five dollars to do puppy drafts and you can win all kinds of cash money and you can do strategies over and over and over so use the pin link in the chat i just dropped it um or you can go to uh TheFantasyFootballShow.com at any point. And you can also click the link in the description. But best ball, best ball drafts are amazing because you can just continue to draft over and over. And what I love about best ball is if you do the same approach, you trust your approach, right? You do it over and over and over. Like me, Javante and Swift. I'm do Javante and Swift are gonna win me leagues. I love it. And if you do it over and over and over, you get different variations of it. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like you're putting yourself in a position where like when you do an NCAA, double, NCAA bracket, bracketology, you'll sometimes do a bracket and you love it, but you want little alterations. So you kind of keep a majority of it the same and you alter this team's going to win. That team, you have a couple different different final fours. I feel like it's the same thing in best ball. Trust your process. Come down to a, a, a like a, a theory you have and a way you can kind of deploy it. Obviously, use best player available to guide you in those different directions. But that Javante Williams and Swift from the 12 and 13 or anywhere 
in that late half of, of the first round. When I do that draft over and over and over, and I get different ver variations, I feel like I'm setting myself up for a big money spot. I feel like we're going to land one. Kevin. Voicemail 2 group represent. Yeah. You guys are. You, you're doing it today. Lance. What's up, Lance? Voicemail 2 group in the house. Woo! Let's get it. Whoa. They're really coming out today. Smitty, I really like that 1.10 spot because you can go ahead and take Chase as your number one receiver and then bounce back and get like a Swift or Javante. That's a good start. What do you think? Absolutely love it, bro. If I can't get Javante and Swift, I'll get Jamar Chase or Jefferson or Cup or whatever and, and get one of them. And if I can't do that, if I think I got to grab Swift in round one and I'm going to miss Javante, let's say that's what you kind of got to do. You got to take Javante second of the two because Javante is technically a second rounder right now, right? I don't mind him at the 12-13 turn, but make him your, your, your second round pick. Dominate with Javante in the second round. Uh, let me put the, the topics up on screen. Javante and Swift. Uh, so that that's the key. Now, if you go Swift and Javante gets sniped from you, then I think the next best approach, maybe a Debo. Maybe maybe a Lamb falls, but a Lamb or a Debo or a Diggs with Swift is pretty good. Uh, but but yeah, I mean, I, I love Jamar Chase. If you have a chance of getting Jamar or Cup or or uh, JJ, you got to take it. You got to take it. And then, and then Swift after that, you know, Swift or Javante after that. So if you can, you can do that, that'd, that'd be good, bro. I like that. All right, let's go to voicemail group one. I think they, they are resetting. Bruce. Hey, Smitty, who's a better handcuff, Naheem Hines or Melvin Gordon to their respective uh, partners? Um, They're about the same. You know, I tell you, Melvin Gordon is Naheem Hines. Naheem Hines is Melvin Gordon. Finkel is Einhorn. Einhorn is Finkel. I tell you that all the time. So they're they're pretty much... I feel like in every capacity the same. Like, they're different running backs. Like, you got Hines absorbing more of the PPR work, whereas Melvin Gordon's absorbing absorbing more of the overall work, but at least Javante gets, you know, his share of half of the PPR work until Javante's fully unleashed. And I'm no, I'm no moron. I know Melvin Gordon will be involved early on, but it's a matter of how long, you know? It's a matter of how long does this guy Nathaniel Hackett literally just sit there and go, According to these iPad instructions on how to use Javante, you only give him the ball half time. Two coaches in a row have figured out he's a top two or three running back, and we're going to continue down the same course and not feed him. It's like it's like imagine if the Colts said Hines is just too good. We're not going to ever fully unlock JT. Why do it? Hines is good. Why do it? If you don't think that Javante is JT, the next JT, then then that's where the argument stops. I don't even need to have the argument anymore. I don't need to talk to people about, but Melvin Gordon did good. I don't care. Naheem Hines did good. I don't need to hear it. You think differently than I do, and that's fine. But I don't need to explain that anymore. I don't need to explain it. Melvin Gordon will only have so much work for so long. He'll either get hurt or Javante will be too explosive, just like JT. It's like saying, well, why didn't LaDainian Tomlinson get held back? Why didn't why didn't uh, Alvin Kamara get held back? Why didn't Christian McCaffrey continue to divide his work up? Melvin Gordon is no better than some of the backups in the NFL at this stage in his career. 
He's in a very productive offense. The offensive line blocks well. It's going to be moving the football down the field, moving the chains, good yards per carry. Melvin Gordon has had his whole career to prove he is not that good. He's a pedestrian yards per carry, 3.9 to 4.1 yards per carry running back. He's proven that over the course of his long career. I don't need to, I don't need anything to tell me that, that Javante blows Melvin Gordon out of the water at every single category. Uh, Smitty, you worried about James Cook being able to handle a full workload? No, I'm not because he's not in a position to handle a full workload. They're not expecting to start him. You know, Singletary's going to come out and get a whole bunch of the work. I, I'm not, I mean, I don't know, like, if he ever got in that position. I, yeah, I don't know if Cook's going to hold up, you know, as a full-time running back in the NFL. Maybe for half of a season if he's asked to do it, sure. Yeah. I mean, but but a, a future, is he better than Cook? Some people say he's better than his brother. I don't think so. Jim. Hey, Smitty. I'm curious to what you think of Alvin Kamara's dynasty value. I'm thinking about trading for him in a, in a league or two, and I wasn't sure what you thought of him long term. I know he might be suspended this year. There's a good chance of that this year. But what's his value long term in dynasty? Um, That's a real good question. I think Kamara, given that he's going to set out a half a year or four to six games or whatever it might be, it's kind of like it's not a wasted year. But it's like, we're not going to get that full year, but he's still going to, you know, rack up the mileage and, and, and get older. And he's had a long run, like, in a sense. You know, he's had a lot of years that he's played at an elite level. You only get so much time as a, as a running back in, in today's NFL. And then you mix in all this off-the-field issues and, and, and the fact that, like, you know, now he's got that mental... You know, a lot of times, think about it, like a lot of times where, where players kind of maybe fell off a year too early, there's always something going on, you know, like in the case of like Love Bell moving or Antonio Brandt, like I, I feel like I'm not saying Alvin Kamara's situation will linger or that it won't just be squashed and he'll never have another off the field issue again. But I'm just saying like, I don't know that I anticipate, like I just can't call it a gut instinct, but I can't envision Kamara entering 2023 back in the top five. Back to normal. Everything's good to go. I feel like this is going to kind of trigger a little bit of a, his downhill decline. Like, he was already there, right? He's already, like, on the last the last hurrah. He's at the very top of the peak. How long was the peak going to be parallel, you know, to be his, his elite height of his career? Because I'm not saying he's on the decline yet. I'm saying he is at the very top. There's no more uphill for him. He is at the top. Plateaued. How long is the plateau? Does the plateau start to go down now because he's going to be out six games, come in rusty, get beat up, get hurt, and then we never see him return to form? Um, I, I don't mind him acquiring him at the right price, but it would have to be something well outside of, of round three dynasty value because you're talking about wide receivers that I'd rather have, DK. You're talking about quarterbacks I'd rather have, Joe Burrow, Herbert, all those guys, all the top four guys. I'd just rather have them than Kamara in a dynasty league. I'd rather have DK. I'd rather have Waddle. I'd rather have McLaurin. I'd rather have uh, a player like, obviously, Brees Hall. I'd rather have a player like probably Kenneth Walker and maybe something more. If I could trade him away in a dynasty, I would I would take a Walker and a, and a, and a, and a DK. I would take a Walker and something like that. You know, two players for one if I could get that for Kamara. But Kamara's a tough sell. Because nobody wants to wait through one year of having him out. So I don't even know if you can get rid of him at the right price. Hey, Smitty, it's over. 
Hey, man, what do you think about Elijah Mitchell in, like, the fifth, sixth round? Seems like he keeps sliding and dropping farther and farther. I know you like the uh, Davis Price and Sermon handcuff backup situation there. What do you think about Elijah Mitchell, though, man? I think he's a solid uh, RB2, maybe a low-end RB1, right there in that fifth, sixth round. Seems like a steal to me. Yeah, I, I love Eli Mitchell in 2022. I think Eli Mitchell is a very, very safe, let me put his name up, a very, very safe running back two with upside to be a running back one. Like when, what's up, Derek? What's up, Fantasy Dog? What's up, Kobe? What's going on, John? When, when you, when you, uh, when you have a, an offense like the Niners offense, when you run the ball like the Niners run the ball, and they may rotate their running backs into the lineup, but they don't really rotate them in the game. So if you back them up, if you get Sermon and Ty Davis Price, and I know that sounds crazy to some people, but I don't care. I, I do crazy things. I do unorthodox things. And one of my favorite approaches is to have Mitchell, Sermon, and Ty Davis Price in a league where I have the, the depth to do it. You can't do it on a small bench with four guys. Like, listen to what I'm saying. If you have a, you have a four-player bench, you can't do it. You can't do it. Uh, but if you have a big bench where you've got, I don't know, guys like, uh, you know, Osborne and, and uh, you know, Westbrook Akine uh, on the bench, or you have like, uh, you know, two tight ends and you don't need one, like, why not roster all three of these, these San Francisco running backs? Because when they start, they will produce low-end running back one numbers. It's probably one of the safest running back twos you could find in fantasy, so I absolutely love it. Um, I think he's a steal at the end of the uh, end of round five, top of round six. I love Eli Mitchell this year. I'm I'm mocking him all the time. Discord question from B Men: uh, Rank these wide receivers: DK McLaurin, Waddle, Mike Will, DJ Judy. Pretty easy for me. I'm going to say DK McLaurin, Waddle, Mike Williams, DJ Moore in that order, in that exact order. In Dynasty, I might put I might keep it the same in Dynasty. I might put DJ Moore and Judy ahead of Mike Williams in Dynasty. But I love I love Mike Williams in Redraft. So yeah, that's probably the only change I make. I maybe even move Judy ahead of DJ Moore in Dynasty. But I love DK, McLaurin, and Waddle. Yeah, I could almost go in any order depending on the wind blowing one way or another. I mean, those are those are solid guys. Yo, Smitty, Rich Eisen just said today that Javante Williams isn't a top five running back. Good. Drive his value down, Rich. Drive it down. What's so funny about Anybody that's opening their trap, their their mouth on on degrading or trying to bring down Javante Williams at all. The funny, funny part about that, let me put these on screen, is the data. Like if you don't trust the data, like if you don't trust your eyes, if you're if Rich Eisen's eyes are that bad, and it sounds like they are, sounds like they're shot. Sounds like he needs LASIK immediately. Um if your eyes are completely shot, like Rich Eisen's appear to be based on my opinion by hearing that and that's that's just you know just my my thought why is he the number one tackle breaker in the NFL getting half the work why is he also the number one according to PFF the number one running back in all of 2021 with a forced missed tackle rate of of 37% it it's just it's head scratching to me it's head scratching to me I can't believe Rich I yeah. I guess we need to put on this side Rich Eisen goggles. We got two on this side. We got Rich Eisen on this side. Oh god, yeah. Oh boy. 
Yeah, Javante's looking bad. I mean, that 37%, that's a low percentage out of 100. I think that's what Rich Eisen might be confused about. He's saying 37, well, that's not a high number. First in the NFL. Okay, but what about this 37 right here? That's a low number. When we do our show uh, later, Peter, uh, I want you to put that graphic up. 37 out of 100 is not a good score. Ow, this is poking my eye. That 37 out of 100 is not a good score, Peter. Peter, the producer. Hey, Peter, the producer. We've got to get a better graphic up. This makes Javante look like a superhero. 31 broken tackles. 31 broken tackles. Are you out of your mind, Rich Eisen? Najee Harris, 30. Taylor, 25. Nick Chubb, 23. Imagine what this guy does. Uh, Just unbelievable. Javante. To the moon. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Let's see if uh, see if we got any more voice messages. Uh, Terry, leave those in a form form of an audio message if you could. All right, that's all right. Do do what you got to do. You're filling in. It's not your fault. You're filling in, bro. You're doing a great job. You're doing a great job, Terry. Now we're gonna hit the phone lines because the voice messages they were a little thin today. Call into the show. Call call, call into the show. Down 602 NFL. All right, let's take some phone calls. Um, It is active, so you can dial in now. Do it. Dial in. Do it. You're live on the Fantasy Football Show. Who am I talking to? You're talking to Kobe. Kobe, what's up, my man? All right, man. So look, I'm in a I'm in a little bit of predicament. Uh, I was able to trade a couple picks, and long story short, I have the 111 and the two three. I was wondering, should I go Najee and I mean, yeah, Najee and Jay Williams, or should I go Najee and Swift? What do you think is the best? Uh, so if Najee Harris is there at the 1.11, right. you got to take him. Because to me, he's he okay. ranks higher than, than Swift. He ranks higher than Javante. So at 2.3, if that's the way these players are falling, I do imagine you're getting one of these two. And and you probably take them in order of Swift. You'd probably take them in order of Najee, um, Swift, Javante. But but I wouldn't I wouldn't fault you for taking Javante over Swift if you wanted to. If you felt like you wanted to be on this train, you just you know you didn't have another league or an opportunity where you're going to draft Javante. Look, they're really close right. for me. They're really close for me. But Najee, you got to take him at one point one one. He's arguably the two, three, or four overall. That's what I'm. That's what I was thinking. That's what I, pretty much what I was thinking. But yeah. he definitely got. Do you have Swift over Javante, or do you I, have Javante over Swift? I don't that's definitely. I don't definitely. I mean, I I think I do it because I think I can get it better. You know what I mean? Like if I'm drafting at the mm-hmm. at the, yeah. the ten pick. I'm more high, lot higher likelihood of me landing Javante in the second round at the top of the second than Swift, you know, lasting that 13 and 14 pick. So if I've got to wait a couple picks into the second round, Swift is going before Javante because Javante's ADP is around 14 to 18. Swift is going in round okay. one most of the time now, and if if you get lucky enough for him to fall. You know, so be it. But that's why I draft Swift over Javante. But if push comes to shove, you know, I don't know. And when I when I have back-to-back picks and mock drafts at 12 and 13, 
I take Javante second to help drive his ADP down. You know, I got to do my part. Right. You know what I'm saying? I can't I can't be taking him at 12 and then drive it. So I'm taking it at 13 by design, but that doesn't mean I necessarily like him more. But I will take Swift and Javante in that order because it's most likely going to land me the both of them. Got you, got you. I appreciate that, man. Yeah, who is this again? This is Kobe. Co- Kobe, uh, okay. Kobe, I'm in the chat. Okay, Kobe, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mark you down here so I know when you're calling in again so I can address you. So I appreciate that, Kobe. And call in any time, even if you have another question for today. Yes, sir. I appreciate that, man. Yeah, appreciate you. All right, what else we got? So that's a good question. I mean, it, it's hard to know, you know, what, what who to take between Javante and Swift. I mean, Swift's probably the better, less likelihood to, to disappoint you early on because I've been honest about it. Like, Gordon's going to be involved in the very beginning. It doesn't matter, though. I don't really care. I don't really care. Javante will be ultra-efficient. It'll be an absolute monster, and I'm ready for it. I'm here for it. You're here for it. Javante to the moon. To the moon. Um... Swift is going to go to the moon, so to the moon. It's not like you know, either one of them is going to disappoint you. I don't think. I'd say maybe Swift is a little more injury risk potentially, but you're live on the fantasy football show. Who am I talking to? Yeah, I just Tyler. Tyler, what's up? I just got a quick question. Hey, if Fournette keeps on slipping and all the things from coming out of Tampa saying it, like you know he's throwing weight the coach doesn't like it doing it does that mean that white could be the number one coming out of like out of game one because she's the kind of guy that says you know i'm coming for your job you talking about rashad white starting right out right away yeah um i don't think he'll start right away i think they're paying like so the thing about the nfl and and the one thing that that Fournette truthers are going to be correct about is that when you pay a guy as much as you're paying Fournette, you're, he's probably going to get a, get his shot. You know what I mean? Unless he gets hurt. So right out of the gate, no. But will they mix in? They'll sprinkle in a little Rashad White early on, and then see what happens. And then before you know it, it Leonard Fournette's going to get flustered and 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 you know just knock himself off the rails and, and who knows, you know, like Fournette's not, not the kind of guy that I think handles stuff like that. Well, that's why he got ousted out of Jacksonville. He's a, he's a constant disappointment to fantasy owners. And, and I know he did well last year. I get it. And I know a lot of people want to believe in him. Mainly the guy, the people that own him in dynasty, they already, they already own him, So they're, they're trying to defend him. And I get that. I get it. And he's got upside. He's got talent. You know, he's got talent. He's got appeal. He's in a good offense. Like, I understand why Fournette, Fournette's appealing to a lot of people. But Fournette, it, it, at some point, he's not going to be able to stay healthy. You can't. He's too big of a guy to come in and trim down every single offseason. Or, or you know, if he's not catching footballs, that door's immediately cracked open and, and Rashad White slips right in. And he's in the forefront. Like, give me the ball. I'll catch it. Let me show you how to do this. And similar to, I think, what's going to happen in Denver, you know, especially with the new coaching staff, when you have a guy like JK or a guy like Javante Williams break off amazing, explosive runs, what do you think the, the staff's going to do? Put him back on the field. So Rashad White, if you watch his game film, people that talk about Rashad White not taking Fournette's job, I swear they haven't watched any Rashad White film. Because if you watch Rashad White, just Google, Google or YouTube it, look up some highlights. When you see Rashad White and how he 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 can't be tackled by one guy, how he 
navigates and slips defenders, turns a four-yard gain into a seven. Like, watch the one thing, the one takeaway from Rashad White film is that he's supposed to go down after about a four or five or six-yard run, and he gets two or three more yards, and not in a reckless way where his body's like exposed and he's getting hit really hard. He literally does it in crafty, slippery, like spin move. And just gets four or five extra yards every time. Or he gets in the end zone in a, in a way you're like, okay, he's going to get tackled at the four-yard line. Everyone's coming and colliding on him. Everybody's coming together. And all of a sudden, he just like finds a way to slip through and get into the end zone. He's got a great nose for the end zone. I think Tom Brady's going to really speed him along. He's the kind of guy, Rashad White's game and skill set so good at the college level coming in. Like he's so NFL ready in some ways. Yes, pass protection, he's got to learn. I get all that. This kid's hungry. He said, I'm here to start. He's going to learn what he needs to learn, and he's going to come really aggressive for the job. But I think when you put Tom Brady and you escalate, you put him in front of a player like that, and you escalate and speed him along, Rashad White's going to come along real quickly. So what I would say to you is don't expect him to start week one at all. (laughs) Like, no. But if Fournette goes down, this kid could thrive. But you got to draft him smartly. He's going in like round 10. You know, you can't, you can't take him. You can't get excited and take him like well before his ADP. You know, if you're sitting there on the clock and he's 12 running backs down, don't take him. Let him fall another round until he starts creeping up in, in, into sight on the, on the pre-rank list. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I just, the reason why I'm asking this is because this is starting to sound like another, like, you know, Fournette Ronald Jones situation. But I have taken White several times at like round ten as like my last guy. For sure, for sure. The thing I don't want people to do is take away. Oh, Smitty says take him early. Like this whole Kenneth Walker stuff, man. I literally go into a mock draft and I'm Tyler. I'm yelling at it. Is Tyler right? Tyler, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm literally yelling at people before the draft starts. Don't take Kenneth Walker in round five. Okay, you're ruining his ADP and he doesn't belong in round five. Like, he's a sleeping giant league winner right now. He's not a guy you put into your running back two in week one and get disappointed. And then you come to me crying about it and saying, Smitty, this guy doesn't look like the real deal. I I think you're wrong about Kenneth Walker. When I'm literally telling you it could be week six before he even gets a big, you know, a big meal. So, like, Rashad White, Kenneth Walker, these are sleeping giants. Tyler Algier... A sleeping giant, but maybe out of all three of them, Tyler Algier could start week one because they're moving Cordero Patterson out to wide receiver in Atlanta. And and despite that, these draft apps are taking away his his wide receiver eligibility. It's like he's going to wide receiver and then taking away his wide receiver eligibility. But Rashad Rashad White, I'm sorry, Tyler Algier is set up pretty nicely to maybe grab a hold of that that week one job. Um, we got Brett, Dan, Wel- welcome to the YouTube exclusive membership, Dan. You get a standing ovation of potato, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Mashed potatoes! Appreciate that. Yeah, buddy. And then we got a super chat. Uh, oh, you got anything else, Tyler? No, that was it, man. Thanks. Yeah, uh, call back if you got another question. Appreciate you. All right, Tyler, appreciate you, buddy. We had a super chat here. Uh, what do we think about Debo this year, says Big Dog? That's a good question. And you know what, bro? I think Debo's getting a uh, a lot of uh, negative 
uh, press and, and a lot of analysts are, are coming for him saying stupid things. You're live on the Fantasy Football Show. What can I do for you? What's up, Smitty? How's it going? How's it going? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, it's Jordan here. Um, just had a quick question. Um, I, I heard you talking about uh, Ken Walker. I grabbed him in uh, Dynasty, and I actually have – I wanted to see your opinion on how Clyde is going to – how you think Clyde is going to do. Um, he's going to be kind of my fill-in until Ken Walker gets going. Um, I have Swift as my running back one. Yeah. Uh, C- Clyde is a, a, a curious case, my man. Um, I'd be lying if I told you that I felt ultra confident in Clyde, but Clyde is going in round seven sometimes. At round five or six, I'm not on board, so that should tell you that I do also have some concerns and doubt about him. But at the same time, I think what a lot of people do, it's the psychology of, of it's the human condition, it's all the psychology stuff I talk about. You know, your boy Smitty does have a psych degree. I can dabble in these things. And I love to bring him into the fantasy football world, right? And Clyde, there's something with people right now where it's like, they're so burned by Clyde. They're so mad at Clyde that they can't even adjust and say, okay, as mad as I am, he's not costing me a first or a second rounder. He's costing me a seventh rounder. But because he burned me, I'm not going near him at all. I'm going to complain about him. I'm going to say he's not a top running back. He's not a top running back. He's not a top. I mean, okay. You don't have to rank him there. He's a seventh rounder. Sometimes later. Sometimes earlier. Just I think it's a good place to start seven or or later. And he's the number one running back in Kansas City. And Ronald Jones, I don't want to say, I'm not trying to to belittle him or, or talk about his character or his intelligence or anything. But to my knowledge, I don't think he's like a rocket scientist, okay? It would take a rocket scientist to come in to this KC offense with a KC playbook, especially with all the changes they're making. I can't imagine what's going on right now with with changing out plays and stuff. Uh, Ronald Jones isn't going to walk in and know the playbook. Damian Williams, literally during that, that, that magical year where he did really good at the end of the year. He didn't do great all year long, but at the end, in the playoffs and in the Super Bowl, he was like phenomenal. You remember that? He literally said after that, that Super Bowl game, I didn't know the playbook all year. It was too complicated. Like, I'm not a dumb guy, but I didn't know it. I couldn't pick it up. Pat Mahomes literally went into the huddle, bro. Where's my football? Pat Mahomes literally went into the huddle every time. And he was like, blue 76, blue 76, hatchback, flex capacitor seven, blue, hut, hut, Damian Williams, run a a five-yard out. Hike! That was what it was like every single time. This guy didn't know the playbook. It's too complex for Clyde. Uh, I'm sorry, for, for for Rojo. Clyde's been there. Clyde is the only... I mean, and, and you got... Uh, what's his name? Uh, McKinnon? Or... or uh, yeah, McKinnon, right? McKinnon? So, yeah, yeah, these are the two running backs that know the playbook and the system. So, if anybody thinks that Ronald Jones is going to come in and they're going to go, Yeah, we drafted Clyde in the first round. Um, and he struggled, but he knows everything. We're just going to go ahead and hand this over to Ronald Jones. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Ronald Jones may, injury could open the door to where they're like, crap, shove him in. Mahomes, tell him where to go. And they're going to call the plays. Blue 77, you know, Nickelodeon 5, blue 42-7 left. Uh, Ronald Jones, just stand there. <laughs> you know, like... That's that would that's what would have to happen. It's very complex. Clyde's getting the getting the go. 
If he's healthy, he's go a go. Not to mention, Clyde plays at about 205 to 210. There's some discrepancy as to whether he plays at 205 or 210. That's that's a heavy weight. Like, he's 5'8", like and he plays at 210. That's a big boy. People act like Clyde's tiny. They're like, Clyde, Clyde's too small to be a running back. He is not too small to be a running back. People are spitting stuff out of their mouth, and they don't know what they're talking about. Clyde's not too small to be a running back in the NFL. You know why Clyde looks too small? Because he played at 160 pounds last year, bro. Can you believe that? Nobody knows that. He played at 160 pounds. He weighs 210 normally. He played at 160 because he had that gallbladder surgery or whatever it was. Gallbladder. I think it was gallbladder. I keep forgetting. But Jordan, he played at 160 pounds. What if I took 45 to 50 LBs off you? What, what do you think yeah, you'd man, look like walking around, bro? You know what I'm <laughs> saying? Like, tweeting, man. I, I don't know. You wouldn't <laughs> yeah. even see me here. I'd, I, You wouldn't even see me in the chair here if you took off 55 LBs. You would think that the chair's empty. Yeah. You know? Like, so everybody give Clyde a little break. Let's see what he does this one last year. If he doesn't do it, if he can't stay healthy, Joe, Bur- if you trust Joe Burrow, cigar-smoking Joe Burrow said this was the best player in college football. And I know they played on the same team, but there was a lot of other players he could have mentioned that he didn't. He said Clyde Edwards-Lair was the best player, even over him, in college football. And I, I, I wish the Bengals would trade for him. Can you imagine if Clyde, Chase, and Burrow were all together again? Burrow wouldn't know how to use him. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, give him a shot. Give him a shot. I'm telling you, give him a shot at 7-8 round all value. Right. He's going to get a lot of the PPR work if... If he could stay healthy, I really like Clyde late in one league. Not a lot of leagues that shows you how much doubt there still could be. You know, I'm being honest here, but in yeah. one league, I got to own Clyde in one league. I want to make sure I have him in case he does what we thought he was going to do. And and if you remember back his rookie year, that first game, God, I was so excited, man. I was a big, I was pumping up yeah. Clyde big time. I was, you know, that was a big miss for me. Yeah. It was a big miss for everybody, but it was a big miss for me, and it, it hit me pretty hard. Because I was pumping Clyde up like no other man, and and that first game, yeah, bro, oh, I was I was like running around, bro. I was running around. I wish it was live. You guys could have seen me. I was like, you know, this yeah. guy's a monster. <laughs> <laughs> One, I have a buddy that also watches your show in my league, and he actually had to pick before me and got Clyde that year. So I actually dodged the bullet. But yeah, I was on the Clyde train with you. So. <sighs> How could you not be? I, I feel you, but How could you not be? You know, he's you so what? electric when he's in college and. Let's just give him a shot. Fifty-five yeah. lbs is a lot to play. You know, a little bit light. He was light of. He was light of 50, fifty-five lbs. Yeah, I got faith in him this year. So, and if not, Ken Walker or Algier will pick up the slack. So, appreciate you, Smitty. Yeah, appreciate you, man. Um, yeah, call right, back yeah. anytime. Later. All right. You're live on the Fantasy Football Show. Who am I talking to? This is Andy. Andy, what's up? What's going on, Smitty? Uh, I got two questions for you today. Yes, sir. Uh, One, um, with everything going on with Debo Samuel right now in the 49ers, uh, who do you think will be the the next big guy to to go for in the uh, 49ers offense? Um, Okay, so this is a good question, and I want to answer the super chat while I have you on the phone, so bear with me as as I'm long-winded on this. Uh, this big dog super chat. Appreciate you, big dog, for for dropping that. By the way, um, thanks for the super chat. Giddy up. Appreciate you, big dog. 
Um, what do I think about Debo? So this guy asked me about Debo. I think Debo is getting a bad, like, rap. I think people are are negative on Debo in a way that's unfair to Debo. Not that he probably cares too much. Um, but I'd say, like, this guy was asked to play running back, bro. He was asked to play running back, and he hit it out of the park. He was doing things that Cordero Patterson was doing. He was doing... And, 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 and then people say, oh, he's not a pure wide receiver. You know, Ayuk's a better pure wide receiver. And and I get that that argument's going to be there until the end of the year, until we see Debo actually prove it. But Debo's still playing wide back. You know, he's not going to play running back anymore where he's lining up behind the quarterback and he's driving up the A and B gap like a running back. He's going to play wide back where he's getting the football at the line of scrimmage or behind it or behind the quarterback, and he's going to take a negative two yard or a negative one yard or a, a, a zero yard catch, you know, 45 yards downfield because the offense is so spread out because Trey Lance can literally throw it downfield anywhere and run, and the running game will be off, you know, firing on all cylinders. This offense is going to be lit. Trey Lance is going to ball out. Um, So your question is, is there another player that's going to go off? Are you expecting Debo to not go off and you're thinking somebody else is going to go off? Is that what your question kind of is? Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's that's pretty much where I'm, what I'm getting to. I mean, Ayuk uh, could have a really big year. I think Ayuk and Debo will both have 1,000 a, a yards. I think that Trey Lance is going to have a monster season. He's going to look like the next top five to six to seven quarterback. Top five to seven quarterback. I'd put him in that top five to seven. You know, the big four, and he could be the first guy or the, the third guy from those four, after those four. He literally could be anywhere from that five to seven. Um, I think Debo, if he's healthy, he's going to have a similar year. You know, even if it's balanced differently, he'll have more receiving yards. Um, a lot of his catches were like, you know, they were they were catches, but behind the quarterback, so therefore it, it was counted as a run. And so, like, he had more than his yardage total. Not to mention... He was like the number, he was top five in the NFL before he transitioned to wide back at, at wide receiver. He was number one, Debo Samuel, number one in the NFL in yards per catch. He was number two in the NFL in yak yards. Yak yards. You know how hard it is to be second in the NFL in yak yards when you catch nothing but short passes? You know, like you get corralled by defenders right away. How does a guy... How is a guy not one of the best route runners and wide receivers, pure wide receivers in the NFL, when you get you get spoon-fed, you get shoveled, all kinds of short passes, and you're number two in the entire National Football League in yak yards? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. You know, so uh, Debo's going to have a great year. As long as he's healthy, he's going to have a great year. Um, do I think that uh, you could have 1,200 yards and 8 to 10 scores? Sure. Do I think Kittle could, you know, I don't think Kittle, Ayuk, and Debo are all going to have monster years because I think it will be two of them. So it's either D, it's either Debo and Kittle or it's going to be Debo and Ayuk or it'll be Ayuk and Kittle and somebody gets hurt. But, I mean, I wouldn't, I would count on Ayuk. Like, if you're looking for value, Ayuk's going in like round 9, 10, 11, bro. You know, make sure you draft him right. where the pre-ranked list lets you know that he needs to be taken. Don't take him 10 wide receiver spots before he could go. Like when you start seeing him get closer and closer to the top, like five or six wide receivers and you're up on the clock. I mean, reach for him one, two, three, four, five wide receiver spots. That's fine. But Ayuk is probably the guy that you're going to get value. You know, you're going to get him very late and he could be a top 15 to 20 wide receiver. 
Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, second question I have for you. Uh, what do you think about Brees Hall's current ADP at this stage of uh, of the offseason? Uh, I love it. I think anywhere in the late third to early fourth round is an absolute league-winning home run steal. I think if he climbed to 3.1, I would pay it without hesitation. But I won't buy him at 3.1 until I'm forced to. So I think people need to understand the clarity around that. Like, I'm telling you, I would take him at 3.1 in a heartbeat if I had to. But I'm also telling you that I won't do it until I'm forced to or if the board falls a certain way. In the throne draft, we took him at 3.1 as a community. But because we were in Snipe City, running backs were getting scooped up. We had to wait from the 3.1 all the way down the third round and all the way back the fourth round to the 4.12. We weren't going to get another running back. We had ETN, Brees Hall, Montgomery, and Gibby on the board. That was it. There was no other running back option for us at that point. And they would all be... Everyone I just named would be scooped up. So we had to we had to grab a running back there. We took Brees Hall because at the end of the day, even though you can get him later, he will hit a home run from 3.1. Imagine what he's going to do for your team at 3.10 or 4.4 or 4.5. or The further down the more of a home run, you know, it's like the further down you get them in the ADP, the the more that ball is going to sail over the stadium, you know, like you're going to hit a home run still at 3.1, but it's going to be a home run that barely goes over the wall, which is still a home run. It's still going to be great. It's still going to help you win your league. But if you get them in like the 4.5 range, that ball is going into the river, bro, over the stadium, you know, <laughs> so, so you got to, you got to do what you can to try and maximize value. Even when you love somebody, enough like this Kenneth Walker madness we've got going on in our mock drafts where I can't control it I can't even stop it bro like no matter what we'll do a mock draft Kenneth Walker goes at 5.5 and I'm just like I'm yelling at people going don't do it don't do it they do it anyway everybody's grabbing them in our in our community I'm starting to scratch my head and ask what's going on like why are we taking Kenneth Walker around five you can get him in seven and that's a reach people will laugh at you for taking him in seven why are you taking him in five don't get used to it. You're going to be laughed at on draft day, and I'm warning everybody. Like, I, I know someone's coming. To, someone's going to come to me a week two in the comments and be like, Smitty, um, I don't think you're right on Kenneth Walker. I'm going to go ahead and cut him. Do I cut Kenneth Walker? Do I cut him at this point, Smitty? I draft him in the fourth round like you told me. I didn't tell you to take him in the fourth round. In a dynasty, maybe. <laughs> a dynasty, you could take him in the second round. But in, in, a, in a redraft, you can't touch him. You can't touch Kenneth Walker. Anywhere near the seventh, earlier than the seventh round. I would say 6.12 if you're like afraid he's going to go to some Jets fan, or I'm sorry, if he's going to go to some Seattle fan and like you have close sixth and seventh round picks, like whatever, but like stop taking him in five. What else you got, pal? Uh, I think that's it. I think that's it. I appreciate your time, Smitty. Good work, man. All right, man. Um, I think I got you saved in here. If you call in again, Andy, I will uh, be able to address you. Oh, I hung up on him. Sorry, Andy. Appreciate you, Andy. Call back again anytime. Uh, big dog, so I hope I answered your question. What about what do I think about Debo? I think Debo's going to shine. He's got to stay healthy, but I love Debo. You're live on the Fantasy Football Show. Who am I talking to? Hey, Smitty. It's Donnie. How's it going? Donnie? Yeah. What's up, Donnie? Love the show, man. The show loves Love you. The show. Yeah, I was just, Yeah, I was just reaching out to uh inquire. I feel like this season more than any other um 
is a good season to wait on a quarterback. And I know you have a tendency to disagree with that because you love Burrow in the fifth or sixth. Um, but I think last year there were 11 guys that averaged 20 points a game in fantasy. Um, what do you think about being the last guy in your league to draft a quarterback this year? It's, it's not like a secret that that there's value in the later, you know what I mean? Like people always come to me in the comments and they act like I'm going to complete moron. Be like, you do know that you can get Brady later, right? Like we know all this and, and it comes down to this, man. It's really this simple. So let me update the graphic here so that I have, everybody knows what topic we're talking about. So early QB, early QB. It comes down to who is on the board. And if you've got a Brees Hall there, a DK Metcalf, a Waddle, um, a player you like. You don't have to, it doesn't have to be my players that I like. The players that you like. If you come down to your your fourth round pick, let's say, and DK sitting there, or Hall is sitting there, or ETN is sitting there, you know, whatever the case may be, like you you have to make a determination. Are you going to pass on that player to take an early quarterback or is the player available not going to blow your socks off like like name a name a fourth rounder that's okay to you that you don't absolutely love like name anybody i mean in the fourth you know uh, a cam Akers. i don't okay. think he's gonna last so so cam cam Akers, good example but I wanted you to come up with it because if I came up with it, it might not it might not mean anything to you. So Cam Akers. So what I'm telling you is when Brees Hall or DK or Waddle or, or McLaurin or a player you like, envision a player you like. If you don't like one of those players, take them out of the equation. Okay? When one of those players is there, they're the best player available. And and then and then the 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 burrow in round six is a home run. And then if you get to round six and somebody's there that shouldn't be there, then you take that player instead of Burrow. And then you go down and you keep kicking the can down the road. I love Trey Lance. I want to own Trey Lance as my starting quarterback in at least one or two leagues this year. I want to own Russell Wilson or Jalen Hurts in at least one league this year. I'm not a, like opposed to, to later quarterback. But you can't... If you don't like Cam Akers and you're just going to draft him, why wouldn't you just draft a guy that could be the number one overall scorer in fantasy football and avoid going after a player you don't even want on your roster? You know, like if there's a player you love, take them. If there's not, then take the best player available that could outscore everybody in in fantasy football. And I don't care if there's somebody that's like 20 points from number five. I'm talking about you believe, maybe if the quarterback's there, that this quarterback could be the number one overall score in fantasy football. And I'm telling you right now, I could draft a handful of running backs in round five and beyond that will beat Cam Akers every time. I'm not worried about Cam Akers. I don't care that I'm passing on Cam Akers. The odds of Cam Akers not having a setback or having his explosion back and staying healthy, the way he aggressively plays the game, which I give him credit for playing it aggressively and having heart and desire, but this man puts his body on the line every time he carries the ball in aggressive ways he should, lowering his head. That one play he came back after his Achilles, he looked awful, by the way. The worst running back efficiency-wise in the entire National Football League upon his return from his torn Achilles. The guy the guy, literally averaged, like a, I think, a little bit above two yards per carry, and in some cases, under two yards per carry. Got corralled up quickly, had no explosion, no separation, no ability to to you know carry defenders on his back. He was literally and utterly, you know, useless. Um, 
And this isn't his second year back. This is his first year back. He played a little early, but this is not, this is not, that did not consider, that did not consider that a full year back. He's like one year recovered, like around this time coming. I don't think he's even one year recovered fully yet. He might be. He might have tore it right around here. I forget when he tore it. Um, but he's literally entering his first year recovered, not his second year. People are acting like this is his second year back from his torn Achilles. It's not. And so, I don't know. I'm going on a tangent, but I was just going to say that uh, avoiding a player like that and drafting Josh Allen or drafting uh, Herbert or drafting Burrow, even though Burrow is a little bit later than where Akers is going, I, I don't know, bro. To me, it, it, there's no reason you shouldn't draft the best player available every time you're on the clock. And if it's quarterback, it's quarterback. Like, I, oh, I was saying that I could go get, I could get a Kareem Hunt or I could get a Tony Pollard, who I really believe could outscore acres per start or maybe even on the year i'll go after a player like that all day long give me a saint brown instead of a wide receiver at that like i'll take saint brown and joe burrow over any later quarterback and your deontay johnson all day long bro i'll take my hopkins and iuke combo which you can get like in the 9 10 rounds or 8 to 9 round range. You take Hopkins at like round 7 or 8, hopefully 8. Okay, so you take Hopkins at 8, you take Ayuk in 9, and now you have Ayuk to start until Hopkins comes back. And if Ayuk never lets go of the job in your lineup, you've got Hopkins on the bench, trade bait, whatever. I'll take Hopkins and Ayuk at 8 and 9 and Joe Burrow or Herbert over your Deontay or Pittman or whoever you want in that draft slot in a later quarterback all day long. Do you see what I'm saying? It's apples to apples. You cannot compare late quarterback and only look at quarterbacks. You have to look at what is the subtotal of what the result is. What are the ramifications of you taking an early quarterback and who are the two players we're looking at comparatively to the two players you're looking at? You know what I'm saying? Yes. I'm with you. I think, uh, you know, my big, big, sticking point was you know i think josh allen averaged was top quarterback last year and averaged 24 points per game and you know i think number 11 on the list was you know like 20 points per game so you know trying to trying to find some some cost savings in the later rounds what's your thoughts on kirk cousins with the kevin mcconnell and i know you're high on justin jefferson so i mean as your starting quarterback just late rounds I mean, as a backup, not as a starter. I mean, that's but that's not my style. Like, every, to each to each person, their own you know their own style works for them. Like, if you are a, a streamer at quarterback, like you want a Cousins, you want a uh, you know Trevor Lawrence, you want to have like two or three of those guys, and you do good that way. Don't let anybody, including me, talk you out of doing what works for you. Everybody's got different strengths and weaknesses. I do urge people to turn their weaknesses into strengths instead of just doing the same stuff over and over. Like, think about it. You're at a job, right? I don't know what you do uh, for a living, but what is the the type of work you do, if you don't mind? Uh, I... What? Staffing. Staff. Okay. So, what Staffing. if you didn't? What if you didn't train? You know, what if you didn't work on your management skills or your presentation or your selling or your whatever? Like, what if you just, okay, I suck at selling or I suck at convincing people to do this or I suck at, you know, whatever. You just go in every single day and not work or self-improve. Like, people take that approach into fantasy. They're like, I'm not a very good drafter. 
but I'm a great manager. And then just go in and continue. Like, imagine if you, as a fantasy owner, approached your fantasy football game like people approach their job and improving their weaknesses to, to climb up the ladder. So that's why I have my video courses, and I, I plan to release a whole lot more in the coming month uh, before August 1, on trying to improve all your weaknesses and tournament of strengths. But, but like, that that's why practicing with mock drafts, you should do things you don't normally do. And if, if I'm you, I would start drafting early quarterback. And when I say early quarterback, I mean Joe Burrow around six, bro. I mean, if Herbert falls to 4.12, like, you're talking about Burrow at six point, whatever. Who are you getting in the sixth round that blows Burrow out of the water? I, I, just, I just give you a stat, Smitty. Kirk Cousins last year averaged 19.21 points per game. And Josh Allen averaged 24.56. I'd have to see what scoring you're using. That, you know what I mean? Like that's a vague that's that, a vague that's a vague thing to throw out because that was that was that was Kirk Cousins in a rushing offense versus a Kevin O'Connell offense. I hear you. I just see putting the ball more. I hear you, but but you know, I'll have to look at different scoring to even, you know I, I get what you're saying, but but you're also you gotta consider too that I feel like Burrow, Herbert, Josh Allen are all taking an extra step forward. You know, like it's not like I feel like they're going to be the same. I'm predicting Herbert to throw for 44, 45 touchdowns, bro. I'm predicting him yeah, to run I, for I another. Guess. I'm predicting him to run for another three or four. I can guarantee you that if Herbert's healthy, the number one NFL quarterback start in the history of the NFL, the best start for a quarterback in NFL history in his first two years, J- Justin Herbert. This guy has. He's number one in touchdowns, number one in 300-yard games, and number one in yards. And I, I believe he could throw for 5,000 yards, have 45 passing touchdowns, run for three or four or five more. He could have a 50-touchdown season. I can pretty much assure you that that these guys are becoming monsters. They're not at their, their peak yet, and it's not going to be four points or five points. It's going to be different. And if you think differently, it's okay. I'm not, I'm not mad at you. You're not taking a lap. But I feel like whatever happened last year, it's important. It tells a, a part of the picture. You know, it paints a little bit of the picture, but it's not It's not just carry this over and let's roll. You know, Kirk Cousins probably going to get a little more yardage, maybe. You know, maybe. Or will the offense struggle like the Ravens offense always struggles when they try and do something completely new and different? Like, hey, let's not run Lamar anymore. They fell apart. Hey, let's run more in 2022. I wonder how that's going to go. You know, is Lamar going to just be better because they plan on doing this or that? Or, you know, I don't know. I, I, I'm not I'm not sold that this transition in, in Minnesota is going to be just like, a, a, you know, 100% smooth process to just go to a more pass-oriented offense when literally it's built around Dalvin Cook and Jefferson kind of equally. But we'll see. Trust your gut. Yeah, no, I appreciate Tr- Trust your gut, man. But but I urge you to mock draft Thank a little you. bit with that Burrow like Burrow in round six, man. Tell me who you're drafting over Burrow in round six. Name name anybody that you like that you see. Man, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll have to take a look. You what? I said I'll have to take a look, man. Okay, all right. Appreciate you, man. Call in anytime. It's a good it's a good conversation. I like it, Donnie. Yeah, no, thanks, man. Yeah, all right. keep bringing it. Bye. What else we got? Ron Navy um, said Sermon to come out of nowhere land, says Ron Navy. I like Sermon and, and uh, Ty Davis Price together. 
I think it's a pretty darn good uh, cuff, like, later on where you could be like, Sermon gets in there or Davis Price gets in there. It starts four or five games. That is why we mocked. That's correct. Eli Moore. I like Elijah Moore. I like Elijah Moore. What else we got? By the way, big shout out to all of our top super chatters of the year. We got Mark Cleveland uh, with the top super chat of... Oh, no. This is... uh, This is old. Where's, uh, where's Avatars? Avatar is supposed to be on here. Avatar is the top super chatter of the year. I got to put that on here. Why did that go away? That like reverted back. Avatar has the top super chat of the year, but you see it at the top. Let me put it on here real quick. Avatar with a, a, a 499 wad. So put that right here. Avatar with the $499 super chat. He's the leader currently on the year. Mark Cleveland dropped a, a, a four. I don't know. Is that a, yeah, Mark Cleveland was 450. Was 450. Sorry. Let me fix that. Okay. Now we got all of our other. Um, yeah, drop an avatar emoji. Anybody that's the top super chatter of the year gets their own emoji. As you can see, everybody drop an avatar's emoji. Um, you get your own your own emoji. Uh, but but these are the top super chatters on the left. These in the in the middle here. These are all of our YouTube exclusive members. Um, we had one or two today that I'll, I'll throw up on here. So appreciate who was that to join today? Today we had who was that? It was uh, Brett. Brett, thank you for being a YouTube exclusive member, and you get to use all those emojis. Brett, throw a couple emojis out. But appreciate everybody here. Uh, we also have this right here. Uh, these these newbies here. So we got two pages. We're on page two. Page two, page one, page two. Yeah, buddies. These are my people. These are my people. Early QB, I like the topic. Um, it's always one that it riles up some people. Not to say that uh, that last caller was riled up. I'm just saying it does rile up some people. People come out of nowhere and say, you got to be out of your mind like an early quarterback, Smitty. Fournette falling. Rashad White season. Rashad White to the moon, baby. To the moon. Rashad, baby. We don't need no reason. It's Javante or Rashad White season. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? All right, what else we got? Any final questions for anybody? Any final topics? Uh, we have uh, we have this right here. Are the instructions on on how to use Javante Williams in this letter? Yes, Nathaniel. Okay, I'll read them. Dear Nathaniel Hackett, Vic here. First off, good luck as the head coach of the Denver Broncos, and good luck with Elway. That son of a. Here are the instructions on how to use Javante Williams. Uh, don't overfeed him. He can only handle so much. Only give him half the work. He can only break 31 tackles per season. So if he gets out of hand early, make sure you dial him back. You don't want him breaking that 31 mark. Okay. Uh, Javante Williams is one of the best running backs in the NFL, but you can't let people know it. Melvin Gordon was pretty good last year, so you have to play Melvin. Okay, pretty simple. Good luck.
Oh, and one more thing. If you end up getting fired, which is really likely at the end of this season, make sure you pass this note down so the next guy doesn't use Javante. We can't have him used. Live from the Anyway, that was addressing the Javante. Like, people really believe that this guy... What's up, Ron? Hey, question. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel that Justin has a legit chance to finish wide receiver one this year? Who? Jefferson. Jefferson? He has a chance. Yeah. I mean, wow. Yeah. I mean, he has. Do you think he's kind of a. You think he's he's a waste of a first round pick? A waste of a first round pick? That's blasphemy, bro. That's blasphemy. He could easily be. Okay. Here's my second question. For him to become, like, have a chance of getting to be number one overall. One or two. One or two. And being so down on Kirk Cousins. I'm not down on Kirk Cousins. Cousins. Got to get him the ball to begin with. I'm not down on Kirk. Who set him down on Kirk Cousins? Yeah. Who set him down on Kirk yeah. Cousins? Yeah. It sounds like you're down. I'm down on owning Kirk Cousins over owning Joe Burrow or Herbert. You know what I'm saying? Okay, Burrow to throw the ball to who's the number one receiver has the possibility of being a number one receiver, right? Yeah, I have Chase as my so, number. I have so Chase as my number if, one. But I, I'm saying Jefferson could be the number right. one overall player in fantasy football. He could. I mean, he he's the more talented wide receiver of, I, of the two. But but I do like Burrow much more than I like Cousins. But, you know, I, I mean, Jefferson's going to take a big step forward because he's getting better. Chase is going to take a big step forward. We don't know how big a step each of these guys is going to take. But Jefferson's, like, let me put it this way, Ron. In a dynasty startup, I'm drafting JT. Maybe. And then I'm drafting Jefferson and Chase, Chaser Jefferson at two and three overall. That's in a dynasty. In a redraft, both these guys are locked into my top six. Locked in. Locked and loaded. 100%. Okay. So, so, and I don't, I don't, I don't debate you on, on, on Burrow at all. I think Burrow's a great value at six. But even if you can't get him at six, and you got to get somebody like Cousins. I think Cousins. If you look at it in 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 half 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 PPR and PPR, Cousins is one of the most reliable quarterbacks. If you were to if you were to do all the numbers, he's one of the most reliable quarterbacks out there. And I don't see why everybody doesn't give him some respect. The problem with Cousins overall is when it comes down to that that game winning decision-making in, in these games, that's where he has, like, something's, like, not working in his head. But as consistency overall and getting his players the ball the way they need to and getting the yardage and getting the touchdowns and, and doing that and getting good fantasy points, I, I mean, I look at him as a low-end uh, starting quarterback. I don't look at him as a number two quarterback. How, though? Okay, so let's go over. Who do you, who do you can you see my screen or do I have to read it off to you? No, I, I, okay. I got it. So tell me what quarterback you're bumping below Cousins on this list. It's not about, like, here's the thing, Ron. I'm not, I, I never once said I don't like Cousins. Never once. I'm just saying as my starter, like, look at number 12 here. We have, and I have Trey, this is from the, the industry average. This is not my ranking. So Trey Lance I have in my top 12 for sure. But look at who you'd have to bump out. Carr's not making it. 
Trey Lance isn't making the consensus data. It's Aaron Rodgers, Stafford, Russell Wilson, Dak, Tom Brady, Burrow, Hurts, Murray. It's crazy how low Burrow is. People are totally disrespecting Burrow. Kyler, I mean, tell me who, like, Cousins is ranking 15. Like, are you really going to knock Derek Carr, Lance, Rodgers, Stafford? Like, who are you knocking out? I, I would definitely I would I, because I don't I don't I don't like uh, um, um, uh, let's see who hurts I'm not a big hurts fan you're gonna take hurts yeah, from number six you you're gonna take number six and like, fifteen I, I and swap them over break. yep yep Lamar Jackson I don't like him either like look I'm not I don't like either one of those Lamar Jackson I I don't like either one of them look I'm a I'm a big I haven't picked I'm a big avoid Lamar because they can run I know I'm a big avoid Lamar guy but even I'm not gonna say you're gonna take Lamar out of the four five six or seven spot and then put him you know and put cousins in his place (laughs) like like you can't Hurts in, in Lamar, I thought for no, sure I, you were going to go after like Dak or Russell Wilson or maybe Aaron Rodgers and Carr. Like you're going straight for the top two, top five, top seven guys consensus wise, Ron. No, I would move. I would move the quarterback up accordingly, and of course I'm not going to like just switch and put Cousins at the number four spot and, and, instead of Lamar. I'm going to move everybody up accordingly and drop those other quarterbacks down because I don't like them. I'm not going to put – I'll put Cousins in the top 11 to 10 to 9 area. So you're putting Cousins above Lamar and above Jalen Hurts. Yeah, I don't like them. I don't like them at all. Uh, where I, I got to find – hold on. I got to find, I gotta find the appropriate button I, for this. Hold on. <laughs> I'm a little thrown off. Like, this is coming from somebody that does say, like, you know, at the cost, I avoid Lamar. At the cost, I avoid Lamar. I'm, I'm more about trying to get Trey later at the cost of entry over the cost of entry in Lamar. But, like, what you just said, just, I think, it's that's, that's, that's a big statement there, Ron. It's a big statement. Um... Okay, well, let, let me close it. At, let, at, let me close it down. Let me close the argument with this and just say, look, I, I I never once said I don't like Kirk Cousins, but Kirk Cousins is not a starting quarterback in fantasy football. He's just not. Not in my opinion. Everybody's entitled to their own opinion. But you're looking at a consensus data ranking here where there's no way in, on earth I'm going to move Rodgers or Stafford or Russell Wilson or Dak or Tom Brady or, of course, Hurts or Burrow or Kyle. None of those guys are leaving the top 12 for a Kirk Cousins. And you have Trey Lance, Derek Carr, uh, and, and probably one or two other quarterbacks that could flirt around where Cousins is at. I'm not saying Cousins is bad, but Cousins ain't outscoring those guys on the regular. Could it happen in a crazy situation where players got hurt? Sure. Okay. Sure, but like you can't you can't go like with those options, you can't go with Kirk Cousins as your starter when he's the 14th or 15th Rank starting like you literally have, in my opinion, and I know you just kind of clarified it for me as to how you see it. But in my opinion, you'd have to like let multiple teams get backup quarterbacks that are this 12, 13, 14, 15 overall territory to then accidentally get Kirk Cousins as your starter. I just don't see it. I don't see it. I don't care if they pass more. 
I just don't think Kirk Cousins is is reliable enough. Reliable enough? He's more reliable than Lamar Jackson. I mean, Kirk Cousins, I can guarantee you, put up more points than Lamar Jackson has in the last two years. Well, Kirk Lamar, Cousins has put I, I mean, up more points than Trey Lance himself yet per start no i mean i i get i get it. that's why i am worried about lamar at his actually, cost of entry Kirk cousins has actually outperformed stafford in points i'm gonna see what the chat's saying ron they're more consistent the chat has to be going crazy over this one my oh, chat i'm sure they are my chat isn't i'm loading. sure they are uh <laughs> herbert is ahead of josh Allen. Uh, no one, no one's really saying much about about this in there. Okay, well, Ron, anything else you want to add to this? Uh, I, 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 we're not going to convince each other. This is like, this is almost as bad as talking politics. This is we're both going to see this completely different. We don't see a lot different, Ron. We see a lot of things the same, but I, I don't, I don't prescribe to Kirk Cousins being anybody's fantasy starter in twenty twenty two. I'm not saying he can't shock me or have a surprise year, but draft capital wise. I'm not going down that road. He could be your backup quarterback, and then if he's going crazy and this offense is really flowing and it looks good and Jefferson's making him look like a, an amazing quarterback, like you could then trade your quarterback or something and, and make that kind of move later. But like to actually go in with him as your starter, I feel like that's just it's unnecessary. There's too many other quarterbacks. You'd, you'd at least want to get a Trey and a Cousins and at least go that route. Like There's no way I would I would approach it that way. In my opinion, but that's me. I, I look at I look at I, I look at him kind of like I look at Cooks. He's very stable and he's very, um, you know. Right. I think he, he's dependable. I hear you. He's very dependable. I, I, I don't ag- other, I don't like agree, but I hear you. Let's. I'd let... rather go with what. What's uh what's what's next? Give me a different topic because like I, I I feel like cousins is even a boring topic to be honest. Like I, I <laughs> give give me some exciting Ron. Give well, me some. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No sorry no no. To offend you, like no that. you didn't. You no know, you didn't offend me. I'm is. just I'm just saying like come up with something exciting. What do you got? Give me a give me a big name Ron. Give me something. Give me something that that what are you seeing in best ball that's gonna win best ball leagues because you're doing a lot. This guy, Ron, does more best ball drafts than anybody I know. He's seen it all. Like, you probably have the ADP ingrained in your... your. Like, when you close your eyes at sleep, Ron, you probably oh, see I, you probably see the ADP. <laughs> it's probably burned in your eyelids. You know, it, it's, it, it's weird. It's weird about best ball because best ball, you're going to draft differently than you would a redraft league and you would, uh, um, you know, a dynasty league or whatever. I find that, you know, I gravitate the lower part of my draft. I'm going after those those uh, same type of group of people, players, but the top of mine will adjust to different players. The top of my draft always adjusts to different players. So even though, like I told you before, like I don't like Swift. I think Swift's going to be a huge bust. But I still drafted him. I drafted the combo of Swift and Javante. Because in, in best ball, you want to take chances that you normally wouldn't take and have your Swift. different options up there if you're going to draft a lot of them. If you're only going to draft a couple, then you want to stick to your guns and draft the players so, that you like. But if you're going to do a lot of them, take some chances. All right, so before I let you go, Ron, give me one name, one player you've seen in best ball that seems like the biggest deal of best ball. 
the biggest steal in best ball. I would say Burrow right and, now and and and, and Hall, Brees Hall and well, Burrow. Burrow's definitely one of them. Burrow's definitely one of them. But the way that Seattle the guy came out and talked, Walker, Walker, I got him in the tenth round. He is falling because of that stupid article, and he could be a he could be a league winner for you. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, getting him that low in the in the ninth tenth round. Um, and you know he's going to, especially at the end of the year, he's probably going to have that role, that that starting role locked up. And yeah. going into the playoffs, your team makes the playoffs, he's going to nail it down there. I'd and say you Wa- add him with a couple of players like. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say Walker, Burrow, and Brees Hall. Walker, Walker, Burrow, and Brees Hall are the three best deals in best ball right now in Underdog Fantasy promo code Smitty. The, the literally the best deals. Yeah, everybody's on the breeze right now, though. Everybody seems to be on the breeze. They're coming. They're coming around, aren't they? Yeah. It's yeah. Tough. They're 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 taking breeze breeze. Get breeze. Get breeze. Fourth round. Get sometimes breeze. even the fifth round at the beginning, but now mm-hmm. it's like he goes third round pretty and, a lot most of the time. And Ron, you may have not heard me seeing this because you're you're still like three weeks into the show, right? That's crazy. You seem like you've been here for like years um you may have missed like i i I always get attacked for for telling people to draft early but i always urge people to draft early it's only there's only so early you could draft in a redraft but like some people say we're gonna do our dynasty draft in july so nobody gets hurt like i'm all about drafting early because of everything you're you're saying i always tell people like you're gonna get Brees hall the benefits of getting Brees hall in round five and the benefits benefits of getting um, you know, Trey Lance in round 12 and 13 and all these other steals we've had for, for months and months and months. The benefits of that far outweigh the likelihood that everybody has the same odds of, of having a player get hurt. Like, if you're avoiding risky players, you shouldn't have a more likely chance of a player going down than, than anybody else or you should have a lesser chance if you're avoiding injury-plagued players. So, like, this whole notion that, like, okay, let J.K. Dobbins went down. He went down on a couple of my teams. Like, it was bad luck. But it doesn't make me not want to draft early because look what you did in best ball time and time and time again, getting Brees Hall in round five. Brees Hall in round five. You know what I mean? Like, so drafting early yep. is so awesome. Yep. I, I'm a big proponent of it. Whenever a guy goes down, a big name goes down, and somebody will. We're going to have somebody tear an ACL here in the next couple weeks. You know, unfortunately, knock on wood, I don't want it for anybody. Uh, I never wish injury upon anybody. But, like, someone's going to go down with a torn ACL or something bad in the next couple weeks. It's just going to happen. And, it, and everyone's going to come to me and say, now you see, don't you? You don't, That's why you don't draft early, Smith. No, it doesn't change my mind, Bob. It doesn't change my mind. I love it. The benefits of drafting early are amazing. Like, DK Metcalf's climbing now. McLaurin was, like, a fifth or a fifth and a half round pick, like, in early February, March, right? Now McLaurin's going, like, third round. Um, yep. Who who else has climbed? Who's the biggest ADP climber? Brees Hall is one of them. I'd say Herbert's been climbing. Um, um, Mike Williams has been climbing. You, you could have got him in like the seventh round. And like DJ February. Moore. DJ Moore's he, been climbing. He, he's been climbing. Uh, but you know what? I saw. I actually saw freaking um, Najee go in the middle of the second round just earlier today in a in a best ball underdog draft yeah believe it or not that's ridiculous to me i mean 
that's a steal. That is a snodgy in the second mid second round. That's a steal. Yeah, I don't know why why he's falling. There's no I, real news to to like tie to that. You know, it's not like a a report came out that that the offensive line isn't getting you know a little bit more repaired each day. You know, or there's a, a report that like both quarterbacks look lost or something. There's like nothing to to tangibly hold on to that explains why Najee's yeah. gone from like four. Like, and we were early, we were a little high on him in our community, right? Like, I was drafted him two and three, um, and I think most people are more like four or five. Like, I, I get comments every once in a while when some, someone says, "Is Najee at five a bad pick or Najee at seven a bad pick?" And I'm like, "No, <laughs> like it's not a bad pick at all." Um, but he's falling, and I don't know why. I don't know why at all. I mean, they're only going to well, improve the offensive I think line. Part of the reason I think. I think Swift is rising, even though I don't like personally like Swift. But to your credit, the majority of the people out there that I hear talking, I mean, there are a lot of people that are pro Swift. A lot of people. So he's been climbing up up the boards, and, um, and plus I think people are starting to take more, a lot more um, wide receivers at the you know. So now you're now you're adding a lamb running up into the first round. I saw Evans taken in the first round in a best ball draft. It's like crazy. Yeah. So these receivers are getting pumped up into the first round that would normally be, you know, second round, late second round receivers, and they're getting pumped up. Because I mean, especially in underdog best ball. You know the receivers. How you know people are getting this weird thing that you gotta go receiver zero running back and all this other stuff, and so they're hitting the receivers up hard. Yeah, I'm trying to find my uh, guys. My super chats haven't been loading. Um, does anybody know if anybody super chatted? I I gotta restart my computer and I can't do that midstream. So if anybody has a uh, a line on that please let me know if anybody can tell me of what i missed and who who super chatted james smith james smith did a 1999 so he needs a mashed potato okay why can't i see any of this it's frustrating let me see if i can pull it up on my phone because i can't i can't see anything yeah. and I, I feel like i feel like people i feel like i've gotten super chats and i can't take care of a mashed potato 1999 what a what a horrible what a horrible host I feel like right now. Where's your mashed potatoes? I just sat on the football. <laughs> that was awkward. Did you see it? Did you uh, no, I can't yet, but let me let me Did go back. Let me go back a okay. ways. It says keeper recommendations for half PPR, four point T D league, two quarterback, two running back, two flex, one tight end, one uh, defense options. Dalvin Cook, um, round one. Chubb, round one. Mixon, round two. Russ Wilson, round two. Um, Jamar Chase, round three. Burrow, round five. Waller, round six. And then he said thanks. Yeah. Um, trying to find it. Oh, I know, I know I can probably find it. Hold on one second. Let me pull it up here. Sorry about that, guys. Uh, honestly, I... I I would never leave your super chat unattended. I just can't see anything right now. I got to do a whole system restart before I can see it. Let me go. I think I can go to the back end of my super chats and 
and look at it. Here we go. Perfect. Okay. So Big Dog sent one. Uh, Terry Roberts sent one. Rockout sent one. Thank you, Rockout. I saw the Michael KCPA one. I think I'm caught up. Okay, so Ron, I got yours. Dust off sermon. I think I read that one earlier. Okay, so this one. Choose two keepers. Two keepers for half PPR, four point TD, two QB. Dalvin Cook, Mixon, Russ Wilson. Okay, so you kind of got to pick Burrow round five for sure. I mean, that's a steal in a, in a two QB league. It's a total steal. So Burrow in round five. Do you take if Ron? Do you take Russ Wilson in two, or do you take Jamar Chase in three? I think if this, uh, I take Jamar Chase, yeah, in three before Russell Wilson. I think if this is a mandatory two QB, because a lot of people mix that up and they, and they think they're two QB means where you you're starting two mandatory typically. And then when people say super flex, that means that you don't have to. If you don't have to start two quarterbacks, of course you want to. It's a huge advantage. But I, I would I would try and fill that quarterback spot through the draft. And I would retain Jamar at round three, Burrow round five. Um, I don't consider Cook or Chubb an option at round one. Mixon in round two, no thank you. Not not comparative to, to Jamar in the third round, Burrow in round five. Waller round six is okay, but you could draft Waller back. Yeah, it's easy call. Uh, James, I appreciate the super chat. I'm sorry for the delay on that, man. Let me see if I can get uh, caught up on the supers. I think I'm all. I think I'm all caught up. Uh, That's what the up? last one that I saw that was that I could. Yeah. Yeah, Ron. Maybe maybe when you call, you we do a uh, an ADP thing. You throw out a couple players at me that you're seeing in best ball ADP, and you ask yeah. me my thoughts on. Them. I think that could be a good segment. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so yeah, yeah when, I see a bunch of them, you know, top and bottom. Yeah, and so all call, that. call so, next time you call two players, different ADPs. Which ones I like, which ones I don't, which ones I like better. I think that'd be good. All right, all right, Ron. Appreciate you, man. Always appreciate you. I didn't mean to go at you on the cousins thing. I hope you didn't take offense to it. Oh, it's cool. <laughs> Honestly, I take cousin. Usually, I've taken a. a, a like a burrow or, or somebody up above. And I'm, I'm, I honestly taking cousins is usually a second quarterback. So, yeah. but I feel comfortable taking him because I know he's, he's, uh, yeah, he's safe. All right, Ron. Appreciate he's you, man. Safe and consistent to me. Appreciate so, you, buddy. We'll talk to you later. Yeah. Thanks, Ron. Joe, uh, Joe, calling again. I see you keep you keep calling, and I I can't answer it. But Joe, I'm I'm here for you. So dial in, and I'll try and. Sorry, Ron. I didn't mean to run you off. I'm just trying to get. Uh, Joe's been trying to get in for about 20 minutes here. Um, every time I get on a call, he he calls. There he is, Joe. What's up, Joe? What's going on? What's up, Joe? Nothing much, man. So I just wanted to uh, update you. I took your advice. And I actually traded Cam Akers uh, last night for Debo. Uh, they're about the same value in my uh, nice. uh, my super league. It's an auction league, so I got I got Cam off, and now now you, you got the Lenny show. I'm trying to get Lenny off now. Now I'm scared to death of Lenny. Yeah, I've been trying to warn people, man. His value was really high. I mean, the time to trade him was, and everybody was excited about him. But I feel like. Uh, Thank you, Avatar. Appreciate it. I can read my, my my chats over here on my phone now, but it sucks that I can't drag anything on. I got to restart everything. I don't know what's going on. 
Um, but I uh, appreciate everybody watching on all the platforms. I might just go live on YouTube only because right now I'm streaming to Twitter. I'm streaming over to uh, to several different places at once. But um, I'm having issues with that now to where like the comments stop loading sometimes. And so I'm just going to probably do it just to YouTube. But um, that should fix it for next time. But uh, Cam for Debo. So, so Fournette, can you get rid of Fournette for... You know, can you go after like uh is it Dynasty? No, it's it's uh it's a redraft, but it's uh it's four keepers. I actually won the league last year. So I implemented a new rule and I get to pick two of everyone's keepers and you're only a, like you only can keep one of those two guys, but they're the the manager of the league is also going to pick for me and he are, I already know he's going to pick Tom Brady and Najee. Um but it's like it's 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 an auction league, so like Fournette and Debo and Cam, they're all like super super low, like they're almost free. You know what I mean? So like even if I kept Fournette, like he's so cheap that I'm definitely gonna to handcuff him with with Rashad if I can't get him off. But at least I got Cam Akers off, and I'm and I and I got Debo. I was happy about that. Yeah, I was real happy about that. Yeah. Yeah. Good job. I mean, go after all the the, the usual suspects we toss out. You know quarterback upgrades always work pretty good when you're getting rid of a player like that like who's your quarterback so i have tom brady uh and aaron Rodgers, but i'm i only can keep four guys so i'm gonna i'm gonna keep uh i'm thinking about well the guys that he's nominating for me i only can keep one is brady and Najee. um they're both right around like the same money off like yeah. if i kept Najee, i would I would. It's, it's like a wash. So, but everybody knows that I'm like real hard on for for Brady. So if I release Brady, they're gonna make me pay for him. So I feel like I should yeah. let Najee go, and I could always just get him back for the same. You know what I mean? Yeah. Tough to say with your complex complexities there, but I would say like you know once you get into the season, maybe you can trade Fournette for upgrading a quarterback or something like that. But yeah, um, nice job on the Cam trade. I like Debo a lot for uh, for Cam. Nice work. Yeah, absolutely, man. But I appreciate you, man. I'm staying tuned to the show. That a boy. I'm uh, I'm liking I'm liking ETN a lot. I really am. Yeah, looking good. ETN. ETN season. Yeah, he's gonna get kept in this league, but I'm in another league, and uh, if that's total redraft, I'm gonna I'm gonna aim for him for yeah. sure. ETN's gonna explode. All right, man. Appreciate you. Call back anytime. Hey, absolutely. Thanks. Hey, Bella, check yourself. You can call in now. Hopefully, you can get in, and uh, I'll. Uh, answer your question um again sorry guys i couldn't respond to any of the chat i'm i'm hoping this fixes it just go straight to youtube only um i try i try and multi-stream to like twitter and those places as well but in twitch we're on twitch what's up who's this this is uh kyle kyle what's up kyle how are how, how are you doing Trini? good hey i just uh had a question for you so as far as redraft goes so say you get a seven, eight, or nine pick. Um, I'm, I'm debating on picking up somebody like Mixon or Najee if, if he falls instead of the typical Jefferson or Chase because I like a lot of the late-round receivers. Uh, what do you think about that? I think it's an awful idea. I, I, I think you don't like Mixon? I don't think you can... No, it's not that I don't like Mixon. I just think when you make a decision to draft a position, you're already losing. 
because you just basically said because you like something else, you're going to go in a direction that doesn't actually fit with who's the best player to take. You know what I'm saying? Because the way you described that, and, and again, this is not, like, bro, there's 100 days, ways to win. Mixon and the wide receiver you grab could win your league. I'm not saying that you can't win your league, but I'm, not, I'm saying you're going to have a better chance of winning your league, doing your thing by taking the value when it's in front of you. So if you're like literally saying, I, I know I should take Jefferson and Jamar Chase because they're the best players, but I'm going to go ahead and go Mixon and I'm going to try and make up for it and, and hit a home run and get back on track. That's how, that's how I heard that. I heard you're going to go off track to get back on track later. You're going to you're going to try and go around everybody off train to get back on track and kind of cut in front of everybody. But the bottom line is this, man. When you have the value on the board, if you're at 789, Jamar Chase and Jefferson are there. They are the top picks. I like Mixon, but Mixon's a 12, 13, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 overall player. Jefferson and Chase are top 4 or 5 for me. So it's literally like they're 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 that much more valuable to me, and, and I think with Javante maybe falling, um, you know, with, with Hall and Etn falling in the third and fourth round, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised with getting a, a running back duo that you like enough with Etn, Brees Hall, and those guys in there that you'll be fine. Trust your gut, um, but can't you go Swift or can't you go? You know what I mean? Like I, I, I like Mixon, but I like Swift more. But that's me. My only problem with Swift this year, and and I know you'll probably turn your nose about it, is just that he plays for the Lions. When I'm drafting, I always, all right, are they a high-scoring offense? Are they going to do well? I, I think Mixon takes a step up with Burrow in year two, and just more chemistry. Uh, I guess I just really. Which is funny because I hate I've hated Mixon every other year, uh, but I actually like him this year, and I don't I don't have that feeling where he burned me, so I don't so I have to stay away from him, you know. So I'm like, I'll take a Mixon, um, and yeah. then Evans in the second, but, and Herbert in the third, and Hall in the fourth, and you know. But do you think and that then just do you think that Jefferson's is Jefferson better than Mixon in your opinion? See, not- I don't know. I I think I would take Chase over Jefferson, um, just because I feel like he's going to take a step up this year. Uh, I think because the running back scarcity, I want to say maybe yes. But but here's here's what I what I would say: the running back scarcity again. You in 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 it's okay if this is the way you want to look at it. I'm not saying don't do the way don't draft the way you've been drafting and and what works for you. But the way you're describing it to me is you're drafting positions and not players. Because this is the second time I feel like that. And, and I'm not here to tell you it's wrong. I'm not here to critique it or tell you to take a lap or anything. I'm just trying to make you better. And I feel like if you start looking at players over positions and stop worrying about scarcity and, oh, I'm worried about the second round, so I'm going to avoid taking the best player in the first round because I'm worried about the second round. Like, if you take every round as it comes... And so be it, bro. If it if it creates a void in your lineup, unless you've got high anxiety about this stuff like I've had before where people are like, once they create a hole, they just can't obsess about it. They ruin their team. They dismantle everything to try and fill the hole and they make their team garbage. Like, unless you're going to have that kind of reaction to it, take the best player. It's simple, man. Take the best player on the board every time you're on the clock. As, as simple as that sounds, people don't do it. And you're, you're proof of it right here. I'm not... I'm not 
critiquing you in a, in a bad way. I'm just saying you're proof of it that people don't take the best player available. They take a player that's going to maybe set them up overall scarcity-wise better, and it'll all come circling back and hopefully fill in the holes in a way that I couldn't have if I went best player available. I get that, but Jefferson and Jamar Chase are the best players available if they're there at 7, 8, or 9. There's just no debating it. Um, and, and if you like Mixon near as much and you feel like, oh, my overall, I'm going to like my two players better, so be it. But I'm just telling you right now, if you draft the best player available every time you're on the clock, bro, you, you reset your mind and you say to yourself, okay, who's the best player? Who can hit the biggest home run from this spot? Justin Jefferson. He could be the number one overall fantasy football score. He could have 18 TDs. Jamar Chase could have 18 touchdowns, bro. I'm not saying that is what I'm projecting. I'm just telling you that Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson and Cooper Cup, they all have the potential to have a Randy Moss 20 TD season at any moment. They're that good. And I think if you pass on that for Mixon, who's good, he's like top 10 to 14 overall good. That That's like top, that's a really good second rounder. Pretty okay, not exciting, but good first rounder. If you pass on that guy that could be the number one overall player because you're worried about a position, you're going to regret it, I think. That's all I'm trying to, trying to explain. And I, th- I think you're going to have enough depth at the... Yeah, that's- you what? Go, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh no! But 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 like use this in conjunction of with what you're comfortable with. You know, I'm not saying to just rip the bandit off and and play a different way, and then you're pissed off at me because you don't you're not used to drafting like this. You get thrown off, and then in the third round you 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 detour from what I'm saying. You start taking position again, and then you have the worst team ever. And you're like Smitty, I tried it. I I wasn't gonna have any running backs, and I screwed up. But like you're gonna occasionally. Have a team that is not balanced going best player available. You're occasionally going to have no running back too, bro. And some people can't handle it. I love it. I live for it, bro. Kyle, I live for it. I love having a problem I've got to solve. But having one of them. Best player available, usually if it creates problems, it creates one problem in your lineup. One. It creates like a running back two problem. Or a wide receiver two problem. Or whatever. But you usually only have one problem, and you're stacked everywhere else. So if you solve your problem, Kyle, if you if Tony Pollard lands, or if you draft Rashad White or Algier, and you've got you know this huge hole that best player available didn't do you any favors of filling, and you land it, you have that team that people say, how in the hell did Kyle get this team? Oh, he picked up Eli Mitchell in week one, and now he's got the best team in the league by far. Because he's stacked everywhere in his hole he filled with a monster that he picked up off waivers. If you create a hole and you work the waiver wire and you get that Eli Mitchell, game over. But if you start drafting positions and you come out with Mixon and Deontay and and you got, uh, you know, like the the, the drafting style I'm picturing you're going to come out with is a Mixon. Um, you're going to have uh, Mike Evans. I'm not saying Mike Evans is bad, but listen to this team. Mixon, Mike Evans, Pittman. Like, you're going to have this, like, Fournette. You're going to have this, like, really, like, bland team because you're not taking the studs that are sitting right in front of you, bro. Don't pass on a Jefferson or, or Chase. I'm telling you. These guys these guys you don't pass on. These are monsters, man. I appreciate the advice. You know, this year I, I am a pretty notorious running back heavy drafter towards the beginning beginning but 
because of guys like Edmonds and, and Mitchell and Brees Hall that you can get in later rounds that I do really like this year. I think it's the first year I'm, I've really been mocking and looking at what does my team look like if I go, you know, receiver, receiver. What, what does that team look like? How does that team feel? Um, that eighth spot just feels hard to me. It feels hard to draft from so far in my mocks. It can be, bro. It can be. Um, but but I think overall, if you take the best player available, I promise you, you're going to feel pretty happy about the the core of your team. And then, it you know, it's just about filling everything else out. But, hey, appreciate the call. Call in any time, Kyle. Practice, practice best player yeah, available. Yeah, appreciate it. Hey, real, real, yeah. real quick, um, on some late-round receivers, can I ask you your thoughts on a few guys? Sure. So, Lazard, Sky Moore... Um, guy, Chris Alave, how do you feel about some of these later rounds? I mean, I like Lazard could be a 1108 touchdown wide receiver. Sky Moore could be a, you know, he could be on that pace, but start off later. So he won't actually have those numbers, but he could be on that kind of track at some point in the year where per game he's scoring like that kind of player. But um, Sky Moore is my favorite, unless Justin Ross you know, does what I hope he does. Uh, Alave, Alave, I have on the screen. Alave, I like a lot. I think situationally he could be the best. He he and Watson could be in the two best situations for rookies, for redraft perspectives, you know, like a now perspective for dynasty rookie wide receivers. Um, Alave should be fed a lot. He should be pretty productive. They'll use him all over the field to try and get him to football in a lot of different ways. Lazard's probably the most safe you know, now player, but Alave might have the most upside for the longer term part of the year, like the the ten, week ten on. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for your time. I yeah. appreciate it. Call in any time, man. Later. Hey, have a good day. All right, guys. That is going to do it for today. We are two hours in. Um, I could smell the dinner. I could smell the disappointment. <laughs> uh, you've got. You've got. What's up? You're live on the Fantasy Football Show. You have about 35 seconds. The countdown timer is on. What's up? Who am I talking to? Apparently, they wanted more time. Appreciate you. I still appreciate you. Guys, I'm live Monday through Friday. Every single Monday through Friday, 7 p.m. Eastern. Your boy Smitty's always here for you. This is how how we roll Monday through Friday. Um, Thank you all for everything. Um, I can't thank you enough. You're live on the Fantasy Football Show. You have 23 seconds. You're live on the Fantasy Football Show. You have 15 seconds. You have zero seconds. I don't know how to help you. <laughs> you got you got to talk. That part, I, I can't talk for you. I'll see you all tomorrow. Unless there's breaking news. I go live whenever there's breaking news. Guys, don't forget to get on over to thefantasyfootballshow.com. Thefantasyfootballshow.com. Get your lifetime memberships to content. Uh, Ron. Show extended. Ron bringing us back. Ron says, no, you may not go. You may not go. Two more minutes, please. (laughs) Ron says, no. No. Uh, What's up, Swaggy? Appreciate you, Swaggy. D-Town, appreciate you, D-Town. 
I think the comments are coming in. I don't, it's so weird. Now they're coming in again. Now the comments are flowing in. These might be late. These might even be delayed. No, I, th I don't think they are. These are new. Okay, good. Ron Navy extension. The extent we're gonna call Ron Navy the extender. Carrick wants to know if we're mock drafting tonight. I usually don't on Mondays, but we might tonight, or I might do an out and about Q and A. I'm not sure. Ron Jeremy extender. <laughs> uh, macho. Show ends in one minute. Macho's the man. I think my turn is in is up in the Cooper Cup league. So swaggy. You know, I I I I botched my Cooper Cup team. Um, by drafting Burrow and, and Mahomes back-to-back because -back I copied over my pre-ranked list. I get it. It's not ideal over on my myfantasyleague.com, but it's the only the only site that will do 96 teams. And, um, but uh, uh, but my team looks pretty good for botching that, and I'm going to try and do the best, you know, start of the week, you know, try and optimize my quarterback lineup and try and get, you know, as if they both scored just for numbers' sake, th 300 points each, I might get 375 out of the two of them if I start them just right, or I could get 250. <laughs> We'll see. Uh, guys, I'm live Monday through Friday, 7 p.m. Eastern. And get on over to thefantasyfootballshow.com, which is right on Show this ends in 10 screen right here. Thefantasyfootballshow.com. Get your one-on-one -on -one text advice with me. One-on-one -on -one advice on demand. See you all at 7 p.m. Eastern Goodbye. tomorrow, unless there's breaking news, because I will go live. Hey, sorry, uh, Bella, check yourself. Um, sometimes the phone lines, I can only answer one at a time, so they get crazy. Please try and call in next time. Appreciate you. Extended additional two minutes. <laughs> it's got to be a 4.99 or above. G Money's qualifies. Uh, always good to be cousins, says Ron Jeremy. Never want to leave early because you never know when the show is going to get extended. You never know what could happen. Um, I was about to punch it too. David, appreciate you being here. Hit that like button on the way out, says Storm. Yeah, I don't know how many thumbs up we have. Not, uh, we have 96 people still in here. Only 75 thumbs up. 76 thumbs up now. Punch it if you can. Help your boy Smitty out. About 100 people still in the building. Um, let's get those those uh, eyeballs to match the thumb up. It'll help the channel grow. Let's do this. Let's take it to the top. Graveyard Dog. I do got my Graveyard Crew. I'll put that up at the very, very end. And uh, yes, David, I'm back. This is like a Marvel movie that comes back after the credits. It, it is. It really is, bro. Uh, Javante comes with instructions. He does, bro. People don't know. I mean, Denver doesn't know how to use him. They're, they literally called up Vic, and they're like, Vic, how do we use this guy? And he's like, there's instructions. They're under, my, they're under the desk. They're taped to the desk underneath. Top secret instructions on how to use Javante Williams. Uh, I think I got him right here. Here, 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 here they are. 
The instructions read as follows. Javante can only get half of the work. He is the best running back in the league that no one knows about, and let's keep it that way and never, ever use him. Keeping him off the field is the best thing for the team. Uh, when you have a Jonathan Taylor, you don't want to use him. You want to keep him off the field. Why would you want to give your best player the football? You know what I'm saying? Um, and uh, instructions are feed half time. Don't overwater. And show ends in 10 that's seconds. It. All right. Get on over to thefantasyfootballshow.com. Appreciate you. Graveyard Crew. Later, everybody. See you tomorrow or earlier if there's breaking news. And I might be live tonight. We might mock draft or I'll at least be live. Appreciate you all.